Binge Mode Star Wars is presented by State Farm. You know those days when it feels like problems just pop up out of nowhere? Man, I had one of those today, folks. Oh boy, do I. The helpful folks at State Farm do. Like a fender bender. You're already late. Or a thief breaking into your home and making off with your new flat screen TV. Luckily, there are more than 19,000 agents. We're there for you. Because when it comes to auto and home insurance, State Farm agents are ready to help. Find an agent today at statefarm.com. Today's show is also brought to you by the Google Assistant. Google Assistant is ready to help you get more done with just your voice. In the car, Uh. at home, Uh. and everywhere you take your phone. You can personalize the way you interact with the Assistant to help with everyday tasks. If I say, hey, Google... Remember that Jason Concepcion is the maester. And when I need to get him on the phone quickly, I just say, hey, Google, call the maester. A little help, hands-free. Just say, hey, Google, to get started. I have failed you, Anakin. I have failed you. I told you that Binge Mode contains adult content! Anakin, Chancellor Palpatine is evil! From my point of view, the podcast needs spoilers! Well, then you are lost! And now, Binge Mode. He could actually save people from death. The dark side of the Force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. What happened to him? He became so powerful. The only thing he was afraid of was losing his power, which eventually, of course, he did. Unfortunately, he taught his apprentice everything he knew Then his apprentice killed him in his sleep. Ironic. He could save others from death, but not himself. Is it possible to learn this power? Not from a Jedi. Welcome to Binge Road Star Wars, proudly a part of the Ringer Podcast Network. That's right. I'm Mallory Rubin, editor-in-chief of TheRinger.com. Oh, what a great website. (laughs) It's great. Joining me today, now that he's finished helping the Trade Federation bros settle into their cozy new dwellings on Mustafar. That's right. Just everybody stay in this room. You'll be comfortable and safe. You'll be safe here. (laughs) It's Ringer Senior Creative, your Jedi Master, Jason Concepcion. Mel, is that a lava blockade? (laughs) There's nothing blocking binge mode Star Wars, however. We're we're exploring the Skywalker saga films and the anthology films and numerous other facets of a galaxy far, far away. From character studies on iconic Star Wars archetypes to discussions of the Mandalorian and more all leading up to the release of Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. On December 20th, J.J. Abrams, Choke Me With The Force. 
please make the journey to Utapau with us by subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever else you might get your podcast material. And please rate and review us. Give us five-star ratings or we will slaughter you like a room full of younglings. By the way, shouts to the like 800 of you who made younger than brand youngling jokes in your submissions for today's podcast. I mean, We're the, super proud. <laughs> I only wish that Anakin was like as troubled as John is. Younger than Bran. He killed like 30 kids younger than Bran. Oh. And John hung one guy, one <laughs> boy younger than Bran, and it's like haunting him. him forever. That's it. And he was absolutely within his rights to hang him. <laughs> Please also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at binge underscore mode, aka the underscore, and join our Facebook group, which is only for binge mode fans. Yeah. Which is an excellent place to submit the questions for the next binge mode mailbag. Hey. Want to slip into something more comfortable? <laughs> Why don't you head to the ringer.com slash shop? Oh, God. And wrap your burned and mutilated body. <laughs> Jesus. It's vinge mode merch. Wonderfully comfy. If you suddenly have to flee Kashik, or if you've been barbecued on the lava flows of Mustafar. Do you think that under... The Vader armor, Anakin's just rocking a new binge mode t-shirt. Was so. that part of the Sith so. alchemy process? Yes, I think so. Yeah, I think so too. Last time on binge mode, we explored how fellowship mm. shapes solo a Star Wars story. And today, we're diving deep. Deep! Into another Ask the Underscore Star Wars mailbag. We're just having so much fun with these. You're sending such wonderful questions. We can't stop. As always, spoiler warning, we will be going deep on details from the entire Star Wars saga to date, taking official canon and legends hashtag not canon into account. So brace yourself to check the security holograms. I mean, you got to look at it. It's hard stuff, but you just have to see it. Because it's time for Ask the Underscore. Number one. Yeah. Comes from Jason. That's right. I love it. Did you submit your own question? I always do. Man, stack my, the decks from here. my many burners. <gasps> the thing is, we would know if it was your burner because the question would be something about how overrated Yoda is. It's not even overrated. It's a natural progression. He's a legend. But you're saying everyone else overrated him. I'm saying he's a legend in his 900s, and like maybe let's stop leaning on him so much. You know the old, the old web rubric. Blank, are we sure he's good? That would be that would be your mailbag. I'm just question. saying, Yoda. I there's a lot of symptoms of of being washed <laughs> from Yoda. He looks heavily fucking washed. Ice, give us a little of the mellow. Stick with the mellow comp here. The mellow Yoda comp. Give us a little wash, but for Yoda, he is. He's fucking washed. <laughs> he's washed. He ran from the fight with Palpy. Oh God! And then. <laughs> Posted up in some fucking swamp ass backwater mm-hmm. doing nothing. His training to Luke was like, stack these rocks and carry me around. <laughs> Come on, man. That's it. That's fine. He's a legend. Number one. I respect him. <laughs> I respect what he's done. Yes. As always, it's abundantly clear. <laughs> Number one. 
Jason asks, you get to hang out with the cast of any of the trilogies. Mm. Who do you pick to spend a day with? Or which group would be most fun to go on a cruise vacation with? That is hyper-specific, but let's just, let's just examine the first part of that. Which cast are you spending a day with? And you can either pick a trilogy cast or a specific mm-hmm. movie cast. Who you got? I'm going to go with The Force Awakens because it's the most okay. bang for your buck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get Carrie Fisher. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Yes. R.I.P. to our princess. R.I.P., but still crushing it in this. I get Harrison Ford. So I get Fisher, who is one of the most sought after script doctors of the 80s and 90s and 2000s. So she's countless films. She punched up their scripts, just countless. So you get the chance to spend one day with a Star Wars cast and you're going to be like, Read my script. No, I'm going to be like, Carrie Fisher, just tell me stories. <laughs> Same thing with, with Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Probably the best, le- you know, the most potent leading man of his generation. Indeed. Right? <laughs> Indeed. So can, I'm getting, can we establish I, one rule? Sure. Or a bit of clarity? Okay. They are the age that they were when they were making that movie, That's fine. right? Just, That's making, fine. just making sure. That's okay. Fine. All right. Some of the scripts that mm-hmm. Carrie Fisher script doctored. Mm-hmm. Hook. Oh, wow. Sister Act. Damn. Lethal Weapon 3. The River Wild. I mean, she crushed it. Incredible. Kind of behind the scenes. So it would be amazing to like pick her brain. It would be mar- amazing to talk to Harrison Ford about like what a fucking lord he is. Then I still get Mark Hamill because he's in the film for 45 seconds. That's right. So That's I can be right. like, yo, what's it like to be the second most recognizable Joker Behind Heath Ledger. What is that like, my dude? Wow, shots at Joaquin Phoenix. I mean, it's Mark Hamill's much more influential as the Joker. He's probably more influential as the Joker, probably, than Heath. In, in terms of, like, being part of a series that really introduced people to Batman. Anyway. Um, so, so far, you've named all actors who were in the original trilogy, and thus I feel compelled to we, ask why here you're picking Force Awakens. I get Adam Driver. I get Adam Driver. You're going to talk about Noah Best Bombach? pound for pound <laughs> actor in Star Wars. I say yes, better than, I think, better than Sir Alec Guinness, who is like, no shots, but kind of million in at this point. <laughs> y- Yoda style. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. I'm not saying that's uh, maybe unfair, but like, you mean I all, get Adam Driver. Okay, I and, wonder, do you mean old Ben Kenobi? <laughs> yeah. I get it. So I get Adam Driver. We can fucking talk girls. Mm-hmm. The HBO television show, not like. Yes, the HBO television the show. Sex. Okay. We, can, we can just. <laughs> I get Lupita. Yeah. Hello. Indeed. One of the leading need lights. I, you need not need say more. Need I say more? You need not. I, I but shan't. you're welcome to. I get Oscar Isaac, who just seems like an absolute charmer. Incredible. I get Gwendolyn Christie, and I can we can get some of that Game of Thrones. Hell yeah. yeah. I get Jojen Reed. That's right. For a hot second. Would you talk to him about Thrones, or would you talk to him about Love Actually? I would talk to him about Thrones. I'd be like, I would talk to him about Love Actually. <laughs> uh, Though I do, I do just love when he's hallucinating and he's talking shit to Carl. From Ginelli. From Ginelli. And, and. So cover your bones. And I get Domhnall Gleeson. A.I. Ash. Not Raven Fox. Will not quit. Will not quit. Absolutely is not going to quit. 
That's great. So it's Bill just, Weasley too. You get the I hair get connection. Bill Weasley. Yeah, it's great. I get it's just like a Venn diagram of all of my interests. Mm-hmm. And it's just an incredible bang for your buck. Now it feels like an absolute embarrassment of riches if I'm like, oh, I get Hater and, and Schwartz too with right. BB-8. Like that almost feels like, oh, okay, like if they're busy, they don't have to show up because <laughs> it feels like I've got too much now. But that's what I want. What about you? So I asked a lot of questions mm-hmm. as you were running us through that. And it's possible that that gave people the impression that I did not agree. Oh, Oh, however, I like it, folks. My pick is also Force <laughs> I Awakens, which I have to say, I love it. Shocked even me. I love it. Let me run you through a little stream of conscious run, run, discovery let's here. Go. Let's go. Finnegan's Wake style. I love it. How I found this clarity when I was not Fucking, expecting let's to. Let's go. I started off by thinking, okay, is it going to be in the moment in time in which the film occurred? Because there's no point in lying. Yeah. We've been honest with each other the yeah. whole time. Obviously, my number one goal here. Is it to fuck you and <laughs> Well, that's number two. <laughs> <laughs> that's number two. Okay. Number one <laughs> is to fuck young Harrison Ford. Nice. Or just well, be near him, gaze upon him. It's going to be absorb his essence. Hey, we're going to need some mintumble, some mintumble for that. <laughs> well, so that was why I started off by considering Empire. Mm. Because there's nothing better in the world mm. than Harrison Ford and Empire other than He's just, as I've stated time and time again, Harrison Ford and Witness. Harrison Ford not, and Empire is crushing it. It's just unbelievable. Yeah. So, other than being Witness with, is great. I mean, the scene where he like where she's taking a bed with Kelly looks at her. Kelly McGillis is like has just Sponge disrobed yeah. in order to take a bath, and then the door is open. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harrison the Ford is just like, "What on up?" His face, and she's like, "What up?" It's an incredibly charged moment it's that I very very regularly charged. revisit. <laughs> very charged. Also, spoiler: great film. I think that movie contains the only death by seeds. That I can remember. Or grains. Death by grain. Listen. <laughs> you walk into a silo. I mean, like. You're taking certain risks. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> so after the desire to be with young Harrison Ford, my next most base <laughs> soul deep desire is to be with Ewan McGregor. I also would like to hang out with Palpatine, to be honest. I love it. We've talked about how much fun Ian McDiarmid is having in these movies, and I think it would be fun to spend time with him, but I'm willing to ultimately let go of that if I need to. So then, the thing I want next is to be with Adam Driver. For all the reasons you said, I'm riveted by him in every role that he's ever been in. Probably my favorite actor right now, certainly one of them. I would like to talk to him about Marriage Story and how he feels about the Kramer versus Kramer comps. Hello. Kramer versus Kramer, another very important movie to me. So once I start to think about Adam Driver, I start to think about The Force Awakens. And then I start to think about all of the possibilities. Carrie Fisher, for all the reasons you said. Oscar Isaac, Domhnall Gleeson, Gwendolyn Christie, Lupita, Mark Hamill, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, BB-8, everything. Then when you continue to think about Force Awakens, you're like, I don't want to get greedy. Guess what? (laughs) Guess what? 
the shadow of greed that is, I don't care. I'm going to get greedy if I have the opportunity to consider this thought exercise. And so I want to think about cameos. Force Awakens gives me Daniel it. Craig. It's fucking, that's deep. As a stormtrooper. That's great. I mean, if we're going to go to that level, I mean. I want Bill Hader. It, I want Ben Schwartz. I fucking love who it. voice BB-8. I want Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg. We're crushing it right now. <laughs> I mean, we're passing over. Max von Sydow, we who, are. Who I could be Three-Eyed like, Raven. Yeah, let's talk. Number one, let's talk Three Eyed Raven shit. And what's up with uh, Ingmar Bergman? Let's talk. Indeed. Let's go back in time and fucking talk uh, the real, Swedish classics. Some real cinephile shit. So ultimately, you piece this all together. I can get Harrison Ford. Maybe not young Harrison Ford, but still Harrison Ford. He can still put it down. Oh, <laughs> he knows how to handle that blaster, folks. Hello. I can get Harrison Ford. Okay, I can get Adam Driver in The Force Awakens. Those two things are enough on their own to swing it. Then the whole set of other exciting conversation possibilities. I think for a moment, oh my God, but I have to sacrifice you and McGregor. Am I willing to do it? That's such a hard thing to think about. But then, Jason, Uh-oh. it all comes together for me in perfect harmony. And here's why. Technically, technically, you and McGregor is in The Force Awakens because J.J. Abrams had him read one line of dialogue for the moment when Ray like touches it. the lightsaber and flashes through all of the memories and visions. We hear his voice. Technically, that means he's a cast member in that movie. I get all of the people I want. I don't even need to limit it to a day. At that point, I'm ready to go on a cruise. It's an incredible cast. And listen, I agree. I can't help but agree. <laughs> Number two. Number two, Kellen. Excluding droids, you get five items, weapons, ships, gadgets for a mission across the galaxy. What do you take and why? Wow. Okay. You want to alternate like we've been doing for these? Let's do that. So this is challenging. It really is. This was extremely challenging. Obviously, the hardest part is the limitation baked into the question. Mm-hmm. You can't take a droid. Because- The first thing that you think about when you're thinking about a mission, mission needs, tech of any sort. Give me an R2 unit. Exactly. Yeah. The astromech of your choice, right? Yeah. Really. It's off the table. Where do you go? I immediately go to mobility, transportation, and the theme we keep returning to, what flight represents, control. I like it. I will take with my number one pick. Let's hear it. The Millennium Falcon. Wow. Ever heard of it? (laughs) (laughs) Fastest ship in the galaxy. It's a little touchy. A lot of upkeep. You got to bring it in for that six-month checkup. Listen, I'm just putting it out there. It's a concern. I think it's a great ship. I love it. Now, here's the thing that people don't know. Got a lot of miles on the odometer. People don't know this. You're not just making a general point here. You, as someone who knows me very well, know that I, like, don't even take my car in for routine maintenance. You are the the person who— You're like, have you been to the eye doctor in the last six years? That's and I say, I mean, I have it's not. a concern. It's a concern. So you're raising a valid point. Right. A lot of upkeep with upkeep that Upkeep is ship. a challenge for me. However, I, I assume that I, I, it is a, <laughs> it's a good point. I'm worried now. <laughs> I commit I commit myself to the upkeep of the okay. Millennium Falcon. Okay. That's all I want to hear. That's, if that's what it's going to be, that's fine. I'm committed. Okay. I'm a, all right. And with this beautiful ship that I will pledge my life and soul to maintaining... Also, here's the other thing is I know it can take the beating. You know, no matter what you throw at the Falcon, no matter how much upkeep is needed, ultimately it will find a way to serve you. Fastest ship in the galaxy, okay? 
best navigational maps. Thank you, L3. Way to look out. Also, this is like the way you really have to think ahead when you're strategizing for a question like this. I need to get something in one of the picks that means I don't have to pick it elsewhere. I was thinking about a hologram system or a comlink system for one of my picks. If I have the Falcon, I have communication systems on board. I don't have to waste one of my other picks on them. That's my number one. What about you? Number one, I'm going to listen. If you've been listening to this podcast, then you know what ship I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the first light. I mean, of course you are. it's, It's packed floor to ceiling. I get the Mandalorian armor, so I don't need to worry about this is smart about security, right? I just get that off the bat. Do you think that the Mandalorian armor that Dryden Voss has on display in his pleasure yacht is fully ready for battle, functional still? I, I, even if it's not, you can I, scare I'll get people it, into thinking. I'll you're get ready. it up to spec over time, <laughs> but I just have it. I just off the bat, I have that. I've got the blades. I've got weapons. I've got a lot of stuff on there. But you only have a Sith holocron. It's okay. I mean, Are listen. Are you prepared to tap into the dark side of the force to activate it? If not, it's useless to you. Let me just say this. You could use it as a bargaining chip, Everybody, I uh, like, I think we all know that the Sith holocron is going to be more juicy than the Jedi holocron. <laughs> <laughs> There's just going to be more fun stuff in there. Uh, we'll see what happens on those lonely nights on the ship if I decide to crack into the holocron. I'm just saying I have it. Okay. I got it. Okay. Um, Give yourself options. I respect and, it. Of course, it's an incredible ship. Mm-hmm. You know, it's beautiful. It's f- comes fully stocked with a band <laughs> and a full bar. I can have people over. It's just a great craft. You're gonna be like high on drinks and clawfish I love it. eggs, and I'm gonna be out there slipping by Imperial forces undetected. I mean, good on the Millennium Falcon. You're gonna be in the utility trench of the Falcon. <laughs> Like rewiring stuff, <laughs> being like, why doesn't the hyperdrive work? But it will work in it time. Will, that's, and listen, I don't want to denigrate the ship. It's a fine ship. The Millennium Falcon's legendary ship. First Yoda, now the Falcon. Who's I, next? I'm just saying the first light I want to travel in style, and it comes fully stocked with a lot of stuff I need. Okay. Weaponry, armor, information. What do you have next? My next pick is a lightsaber. Now. Does this seem like an obvious basic pick? Maybe, but I'm prepared to defend it and here's how, folks. I I just feel like you're going to cut your hand off in the first hour. (laughs) The first time you ignite it. I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) I considered making one of my other picks a prosthetic (laughs) just to account for that eventuality. But then I worried that without access to a medical droid, I wouldn't be able to properly affix it. All and right. I had to walk back my plan. All right. I am confident that ultimately okay. I will be able to avoid loss of limb. Okay. And listen, at a certain point, if you're cutting off your own body parts, nothing else matters in the exercise. Sure, okay. Sure. My lightsaber, first of all, obviously formidable weapon. Yeah. You need a weapon out there in the galaxy. I, dangerous place. Very dangerous place. What about the training? I will study. Okay. Diligently. (laughs) (laughs) Here's my take on this. Sure. If fucking Dooku could teach 
Grievous? Yeah, but Grievous, Grievous, uh, yeah, I mean, but I'm good. Grievous, Grievous is had li- cybernetic improvements where he just was it's like, like teaching, I'm never going to forget this move. It's like teaching an F-150 to wield a lightsaber. Now, I will say this. I do not believe in unnecessary physical exertion. Right. I don't really ever exercise, though. I'm at the point in my life where I should. However, I'm surprisingly agile, and I think I'd be okay at it. Surprisingly <laughs> agile. We're going to need to see that backed up at some point. Just, I like, it's a great, it's, listen, it's a solid pick. Here's the other I, thing. It's a solid pick. In addition to it being a weapon, it's a door cutter, it's right? Huge. It allows me to I'm coming in. gain entry, and presumably on missions, I'm going to need to gain entry time and time again. You close the gate on me, doesn't fucking matter. I love it. I'm getting in. Also, and this gets back to the logic of accounting for something else I might need in one of the picks I'm making, I can use it as an effective shield. You're firing your blaster at me, and I'm firing those shots right back at you, blocking them with my lightsaber, which again, I, 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 my ninja-like I just, reflexes you've been and watching expert hand-eye coordination will allow me to wield with precision. hand-eye coordination. And now, because of that, I don't need to waste one of my picks on a personal energy shield, which is something else I had been considering. Lastly, okay, and I think this is crucial, crucial, the intimidation factor. People see me coming with that. They fear me. They think, oh my God. You can hear you can hear the B1 battle. You don't even have now. to light it up. It's a Jedi. Yeah, you don't even have to light it up. They're gonna be afraid of me. I'm gonna have almost the force of an army around me, numbers just from what I hold in my hand. What's next for you? Well, first of all, let me say that my mission in space is just gonna be to hang out. I'm just sightseeing. Yes, that's not what a mission is. Well, that's my mission. (laughs) That's my personal mission, and I believe in it, and it's important to me. Oh, my God. I'm going to be a space rogue. I'm just going to be going around just checking stuff out. What's this planet about? Oh, it's nice. Okay. Now I'm going to— I'm going on a a Bourdain-like culinary tour of the galaxy. I'm not out here cutting doors open. Pick the five items you want for your retirement. It's a different exercise. No, it's not retirement. It is dangerous out there. I'm going to have a blaster. I'm going to take Khan's DL-44, souped up blaster, Blastic blaster. I thought about the lightsaber, obviously. Mm-hmm. I think it's the coolest weapon in Star Wars, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I just think the training, the learning curve is steep. Right. I mean, you talk about using it as a shield. I am humble enough to tell you that if, like, multiple Trade Federation droids are shooting at me, I don't know what my blocking percentage is. It needs to be 100, but it probably is not going to be like 10. Right. Right? Yeah. So give me a blaster Mm -hmm. and let me take pot shots. Yes, it's a crude weapon, but uh, look, it took Grievous down. So uncivilized. It's absolutely uncivilized, but I'm not claiming to be a civilized person. (laughs) Just put that blaster on my hip. It did. Han, it did great for Han. I thought about Chewie's bowcaster. Oh, Because it is, it packs a freaking punch. Yeah. I thought one of the things that I absolutely did not you, buy you, about- You can hear Yorin, can't you, saying, takes too long to load. Takes too long to load! <laughs> one of the things I absolutely did not buy about The Force Awakens was that the first time Han shot Chewie's bowcaster was in that movie. Come on. Right. These guys have been hanging out together for decades. Yeah. And he hasn't good. shot it once? Come on. Anyway, um, <laughs> give me a blaster. What do you have? What's next for you? My next item- <sighs> I felt really confident in this when I picked it in advance, and you've already you've already undermined the pick with something you've said. <laughs> I'm taking a holocron with me. I like it. It will not be a Sith holocron. That's because- okay. I mean, that's probably for the best. 
probably for the best, to be honest with you. <laughs> I don't want to have to use the dark side. Here's the thing about a holocron. Portable, once Love you get it. your hand on it. It's Getting great. your hand on it is the tough part. But I just get to pick it here, yes. okay? Safely secures and stores a ton of information. So, it's great. two things here. Yep. One, maybe my mission requires me to attain information. What do you think you're doing out there? <laughs> I've, I've, I've stated my mission. <laughs> but I, I, like, really need to know what you are doing I, out in the galaxy on the Falcon going from point to point, I, cutting doors open with your I assume something saber. vital for the, the health and wellness of the galaxy. Okay. I was called to duty. I love it. I was called That's to great. duty by Kellen. <laughs> General Ruben, we need you. Oh, man. Uh, see, honestly, you say that and it sounds right to me. <laughs> Does that, I don't know what that means about me. If I attain information, I will have a way to safely store and transport it. If I need information, I could tap in to the vast wealth mm. of knowledge, an ocean I mean, I, of intel. I, I, I respect it. In that holocron. I it could heavily, probably help me with whatever it. I need to do. Also, to access it, I have to be able to use the force, which means I'm going to just you know fudge the rules a little bit here. If I'm able to take it with me, it means I either am a force user or have a force-sensitive being with me. Okay. Thus, answering your prior question, sir, about my lightsaber training. I like it. I, I respect it, and I like it, and I think it's great. <laughs> What's next for you? Um, I'm going to go with a hollow projector. Okay. Just purely utilitarian. I'm going to need to send messages to people. So I'll have to these. Who, like your, your, your ease hey, dealer I'm, on your yeah, leisure hey, cruise? Hey, uh, I'm coming to Utapau. <laughs> Uh, does anybody know where I can get some CBD? <laughs> the little, you know, the little hologram comes up. Hey guys, uh, yeah, I'm, coming, I'm in hyperspace and I'll be there in like a couple of hours. Uh, but I'm out of CBD. If you guys want to bring some, we're having a party on the first light. Um, and once once it thins out, so it's just like the core crew, we're gonna crack open the Sith holocron and just really see what it's about. <laughs> We'll wait for everybody to leave. Oh, God. So it's just like the core, the core group. Um, so a holo projector, it. just because like, you know, I'm going to want to stay in touch with things that are happening throughout the galaxy and send messages and so forth. The communication system on the first slide, as far as I know, only goes to Darth Maul. So, <laughs> I, so I'm just going to want to stay in touch with the rest of the galaxy. Maul, yeah. you know, God bless him. Really an uptight guy. Bit of a drag. Has the propensity to light his lightsaber for no reason in the midst of a conversation over hologram. Like, that's not chill. So I'll um, be doing that on my mission. For the <laughs> I, know you, I know you will. <laughs> so projector, just to stay in touch with, with my peeps. What about you? I What's love the it. last one? Next. We both have this one. Let's do it together. Yeah. Back to tank. I mean, it's a necessity. But... I'm preparing to heal from the wounds suffered in battle. And what do you need this I'm just for? Doing this it is like a, your IV drip. No, you're, this, you're, is, this Jason. is this is my skincare routine purely. <laughs> <laughs> this is like you're wash a, my face, brush my teeth, floss, jump in the bacta <laughs> for like 15. <laughs> you're like wags on billions, and this is your IV yeah. recovery. After I own it. A night on the I own it. Like a, a it's, night on the first light. Listen, after after a night of partying on the first light, I'll hydrate. Mm -hmm. I'll drink some water. Mm -hmm. Blue jump milk. In the, a little blue milk. Jump in the sauna. 
wash my face, brush, back to tank, 10, 20 minutes, and go to bed. <laughs> I think you need it. And who knows what can happen out there? You get injured, you need that back to. That's right. I'm using it probably for injury. I know, you're going to be out, out of my solar mission you're to gonna see be out the there. galaxy. Listen, you're you're welcome to dock at the first light anytime. <laughs> for a little R&R? For a little I R&R, I'll be around. I really appreciate that. That honestly means a lot. In addition to using my tank for healing purposes, yeah. I, like Vader, will be using it to meditate, okay? You need to reflect the galaxy is a lonely, confusing, chaotic place. Right. That was Vader's metaphor for uh, masturbation, by the way. <laughs> You get near the the jets. <laughs> <laughs> also, just practically speaking, this is essential because I can't have a medical droid on my mission. Mm. I need to be able to heal. Last. What's your last pick? Now, morally, I'm not sure where this lands. This is crazy. Why? Okay. Oh I want a clone soldier. Why? Especially <laughs> given what you've just laid out for how you'd be spending your time. Because I need a bodyguard. What if I, I'm just saying, what if I get into some trouble? I want a bodyguard. I want somebody out there who's got my back. I, I can't have a droid. So I'm bringing a person. I want to say something. <laughs> what? I care about you a lot. I respect you. You're one of the one smartest clone, people I've ever met. One soldier. I'm slightly appalled that you consider a clone soldier to be an item. An item. He was... Uh, Weaponship or gadget? Do you think he's a weapon or a gadget? I think he honestly clicks, clicks all of these. Person. Jason and his name is Anakin. <laughs> no, hold on. Clone soldier. And it can be any of them. It, you know, they're born in tanks. Listen, it's going to be... Let me just... You're thinking the box here's tank my will pitch. be comforting? Here's my pitch to the unnamed clone soldier, this whoever is it is. Awful. This is going to be the easiest detail you have ever swung. We're not fighting. We're just hanging out, man. Taking him away from all his brothers. Here's a- You he, were my brothers. Here's a- <laughs> But here's then Jason a, made me listen, a gadget. No, listen, here's a holo projector. You can stay in to call him anytime. It's fine. I have unlimited data out here. <laughs> you want to talk to them? You talk to them. We can go to Camino. I'd love to see Camino. I'm on tour. Let's go see it. That's fine. I'm appalled. My final pick (laughs) is an ion cannon. Not a sexy pick. Don't feel great about it, but I need to be practical. Sure. I need to be able to take out large forces and get rid of their power. Literally, their power. Leave them still and vulnerable so that I can go in and open their doors with my lightsaber Take what I need for my holocron. Just promise me that you're- Escape my Millennium Falcon and recharge in my Bacta tank. Promise me you're going to be serious about your training. (laughs) I promise. Okay. (laughs) Maybe your clone can help me. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you need him, I'm sure he's going to be like, okay, this is boring. Can I go with General Ruben? (laughs) (laughs) Before you guys go to- Party with the hive mind worms in the catacombs yeah. of Geonosis. Maybe gonna, he can help train me. Hey guys, Borgullet's coming on tonight. <laughs> Number three, Daniel Nicholas asks, how would you introduce Star Wars, the main episodes, to someone with no familiarity with the franchise? This is interesting. Order of theatrical release, episode order, Ernst Rister order, machete order, mm. some other way? Um... I'm doing a pulling a Ruben here. Ignoring the question. I'm redefining the question. Okay. 
<laughs> I would like to take this opportunity. Yeah. Binge about Star Wars. <laughs> to speak personally. Well, on behalf of you as well. Okay. To Topher Grace. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Let's you do know it. him, of course, from that 70s show, yeah. Ocean's Eleven. Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Here's what you don't know about Topher. He, quite famously in yes. Star Wars circles. That's right. Cut together the prequels into an edit that he calls the editor strikes back. Just an iconic flex. <laughs> it combines episode one, two, and three into an 85-minute, apparently action-packed film that nixes the politics, most of the Jar Jar content, and most of episode one, and instead concentrates on the relationship between Anakin, Padme, and Anakin's path to the dark side. Imagine He's wanting sc- to distill it down to Anakin and Padme. I Listen, don't get that. Anakin and Obi-Wan I would be interested in. He, he screened it for like 50 people at Soho House, I think in West Hollywood, yeah. the West Hollywood Soho House. Aboard the first light. I saw Topher the other day at Tender Greens on Sunset Boulevard, like a couple weeks back. Mm-hmm. Sean Yu was there. And I thought about being like, hey— What's up with the editor strikes back? When can we see it? I missed my chance, but I'm taking my chance now. Topher, let us see the film. Topher, come on. Topher. Binge mode. We will meet you any place, anytime that you want. I'm fascinated. I would love to see it. I would love to see the editor strikes back. I hear it's great. I would also I hear the love ending to see is, it. is haunting. I would love to see it. I, I absolutely would love to see it. Is the reason that you're mentioning this here because you think that this would unlock something for you about the right nature of consumption or you're just hijacking the question completely? I am fascinated by the reordering of of the canonical structure because on the one hand, I think that it, everybody who does these always talks about, listen, we're paying tribute to what George Lucas has done. We're doing this with full love of the story, yada, 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 yada. And I think that that is absolutely true and sincere. Also, I think it's also just like a fascinating exercise in like world creation of like this act of wrestling this story away from its creator and into a different form. And yes, it's done with all respect, but it's also just, I I think it's just like a fascinating exercise in general. And I would, I would love to see this fabled piece of content. And it's become so widespread. It's almost a cottage industry within the Star Wars fandom, which is fascinating. By the way, my, my answer (laughs) is watch them in the order that they came out. Okay. Okay. I will answer the question. Sure. So just so everyone knows, the Ernst order is episode four. Episode five, episode one, episode two, episode three, episode six. Okay. So you're basically getting a new hope and empire. And then once you get the reveal, you pan back, get the Vader origin, and then you go in and finish it with Return of the Jedi. Machete order (laughs) is close to that, but with one key difference. It's episode four, episode five, episode two, episode three, episode episode six. There is no episode one. It is eliminated entirely. No child Anakin. Now, I consider both of those to be A, fascinating. Agree. And B, completely valid choices Same. for seasoned Star Wars fans. Right. If that's how you want to watch them, follow your bliss. I respect it. I don't think I would recommend that to somebody for their very first experience. Same. I think there's just something about, I don't know, it's the purest in me. Like, you know this about me. Yeah. I've read Harry Potter, I don't even know how many times. 
Like I literally have lost count. And yet every single time I have to start a book one and read them in order, no matter what. I just can't go out of order. So there's something about my personality where I just struggle with that. Here's what I would recommend. Start with the original trilogy. Agree. Watch New Hope, watch Empire, watch Return of the Jedi. Agree. In order. Then go back and watch the prequels, but then watch them all in canonical order, which means you're watching the original trilogy twice in my recommendation. You're starting with it, then you're going back to episode one, watching in order the way we're doing it on binge mode now. And I would also, I would put Solo and Rogue One in their rightful places there as well. I agree with that. And I would add further that I I think that the the value in watching them in the order in which they were released Mm -hmm. is that it gives you access to kind of like, you know, the meta commentary around the movies. There's a reason that the prequels were so hyped and mm-hmm. so expected. And there's, and I think the only way to really tap into that is to experience those first three movies as a standalone thing that lead into the prequels rather than the other way around. To right. really understand yes, I how guess. the story began right. in the real world. Why people became obsessed with Star right. Wars. I, I, th- I think that agree. that's absolutely necessary. I don't think you can in good conscience introduce somebody to Star Wars by having them watch the prequels first. I, I mean, really listen, don't. I, I do think that there is an entire generation of people who their first introduction to Star Wars was the prequels. So, like, but that's different. Again, totally. When I rewatch the yeah. series now, I start with episode one almost every time. But I don't think that's how you should introduce it to someone if you're trying to recruit them for all the reasons you just said. Number four, Traffic Mac. Like Law and Order, what TV spinoff mm. of the Star Wars universe would you like to see now? Good old law and or. Well, the thing that makes this particularly interesting, of course, is that we're already getting so many yeah. spinoffs. We're really in, even though Solo changed and slowed some things about the sheer volume of Star Wars, the then introduction of Disney Plus changed things again. We're obviously about to get The Mandalorian. Starts literally next week. Join us here on Binge One Star Wars mm-hmm. for our Mandalorian discussions. We are going to get a Cassian show. We're going to get an Obi-Wan show. They're not going to stop making Star Wars shows. So my first answer would have been an Obi-Wan show, but that was announced literally just weeks ago. So now that we know we're getting that, here's some other possibilities, some things that pop to mind. Darth Plagueis. Hello. We have the eponymous Legends novel, Darth Plagueis. But as you noted in our Revenge of the Sith episode, there is... Very little outside of Legends in actual Disney-sanctioned canon that we know about him beyond what's contained in Sith. So I'd love to learn more. I'd love to be there to see Darth Plagueis the Wise operating, learning to manipulate the midichlorians, teaching his promising young apprentice, Sheev Palpatine, all the way through to him getting murdered in his sleep. I want to see it all. That's my first suggestion. What's your first one? KOTOR. Mm-hmm. This has been rumored. That's on my list too. Knights of the Old Republic. The, um, the rumor was that this was the Benioff and Weiss project. This was the rumor. And by the way, reskin that game and just like update the graphics and just have it come out exactly as written. I think that would, it would crush it. It's obviously legends now, but like, an incredible game set 4,000 years before the events of the tri- original trilogy and just like a really cool story. Amazing writing. And I think that part of the strength of the Star Wars universe is that like you can go back millennia. If you want to 
tell a story thousands of years before the stories that we're familiar with, you can absolutely do that and maintain all the like dramatic tension and all the things you need to do and explore the galaxy in a completely different way. I would love to see that. Yeah, that was that was next on my list as well. And I think that the whole time period, the whole world is really, really ripe for exploration, whether it's a movie series or a television show. I think either would be great. Revan as a character is someone who Star Wars obsessives care deeply about and want to see brought into the primary canon. And the other character that people feel that way about from Knights of the Republic, one of the other characters, I should say, is HK-47. And so I'll pivot from my Knights of the Old Republic idea, since you just said that, to a more specific spinoff idea from that time period. I want a droid-centric HK-47 spinoff show. Revan's assassin, everyone's favorite Jedi-hunting droid. On the one hand, this can be a mission centric and like my kind of mission not your kind of mission like action-packed mission-centric thrilling drama but i also view this as like high concept really intellectually and philosophically stimulating we're gonna have a little san junipero energy in my hk 47 spinoff because it's also going to be centered on the capacity for change oh discovering your true nature how the for- nature versus nurture, the forces in your life versus who like you really are and want to be dictate your fate. I like fate. it a lot. The nature of consciousness, the nature of humanity. Give me an HK-47 show and let's fucking dive in one plaster yeah. shot at a time. What's next for you? My next show is called Chalmans. <laughs> and the logline is, the elevator pitches, it's Cheers on Tatooine. So it's the oh Mos Eisley Cantina. This is incredible. The story of Chalman and him running the cantina and all the people coming in and out all the time. It's a 30-minute multicam sitcom. <laughs> Making your way in the galaxy takes everything you got. <laughs> I and love it's it. just, you know, the the ins and outs of running a space cantina on one of the grittiest crime-ridden planets in the galaxy. This is incredible. I love this. It's incredible. <laughs> what episode are Death Sticks banned? I mean, <laughs> you can absolutely buy them in Chalmans. <laughs> you can get everything in there. I love this. Imagine the moment when Obi-Wan chops Panda Baba mm-hmm. up and the good doctor into little pieces, yeah. right? And then, so we'd see that from, you know, the point of view of the staff. This is just a thing that, here we go again. And then this little- More limbs to clean up. Yeah, more, more limbs. Blood. So the alien uh, janitor has to come out and she's complaining about like having to mop up the blood. And I can't the, wait for the, take the arm first they, episode. Chalman's like, yeah, keep the arm. We can, we can <laughs> they, people have been complaining about the nachos. We can add some meat to the nachos. Just keep the arm, grind it up. I love it. My next one. Yes is called Meditate on This I Will. And (laughs) it's like a Gimlet startup podcast. about. It's about Yoda starting his Bikram yoga studio. (laughs) (laughs) Young Yoda. That's what I want. Okay. So much of the time and energy around Yoda goes to old Yoda, the mistakes that old Yoda made how hesitant Yoda was to act. I want to better understand how Yoda became this way. How much of it was what, what, the wear and tear. What, give, me the, <laughs> give me the arc. 
Give me the arc. Where do we meet Yoda? And how old is he? Is this like the end of his life? He's no, fading out. No, in, in I Luke's want him. Arm? I want him when he's young and spry. I love it. Okay, I want Yoda just in like, like a fuck boy. Yes, young fuck Yoda boy. Fucks mode. Young fuck boy Yoda leaving his sperm sack here and there. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> right. It's the young Pope. Yeah, but Yoda. Okay, that's, that's what I want. <laughs> Young Yoda, he fucks. <laughs> fucks he does. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Incredible. Oh my God. I have like 500 more, but nothing better than that. <laughs> All right, I, I guess I've got one more. Um, everybody's shying away from the politics, but I'm going to embrace the politics and give me like the West Wing, yeah. but Coruscant. Absolutely. Absolutely. Chancellor Valorum, like a bunch of hallway walks, trying to like stem the slow corruption of the Senate. Can you get Sorkin? But I think like a Sorkin-esque West Wing, what do we call it? Like the West, I don't know the parts of the Senate House, if there's like a particular West Wing or mm -hmm. parts of the government. Or we call it uh, Grand Chancellor or Supreme. Call it just Supreme. Ooh, Supreme. I love it. Great opportunity for some hype beast product placement. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, you know, like passing laws and war profiteering and taxes, taxes on the outer rim, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I love this. Yeah. What about another droid idea? I see it as like Top Chef. Ooh. For the younglings, as they go to visit Professor Hyung to build their lightsabers, to find their kyber crystals. Challenges, tasks, themed episodes, guest judges. Oh, wow. Like, so it's like American Jedi Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> or America's Next Top Jedi. Ooh. Or we could do like a survivor mm -hmm. kind of thing. With the younglings or or I, with all of the Jedi, but they know that I like it's this. they know Order 66 is coming. I like it. And that's what tribal council is every time is Order 66 is just, just disseminated, let it out, tribal after tribal. I have a younglings one too. I I was like, would a freaks and geeks kind of younglings thing mm -hmm. be fun? But then I thought, okay, what about this? Hard knocks Padawans. <laughs> Hell yeah. Incredible. Just behind the scenes, the training, like the, oh my God. the this is they're great. jockeying for position. What if, you know, we don't, we never hear about the Padawans who wash out. You're or completely who are right. On the bubble. Who had to go to the practice squad. Yeah. Like, what if you just not, I'm, who got caught and then had to sign with the Bucks? I want to know about it. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see that like conversation where Yoda has to like call some Padawan into his, respect you, I do. Hard working you are. Not working out. Knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we could go on and on and on. Yeah. Maybe we'll revisit this at some point. We have more, but let's move on for now. That was really fun. Return we will after word from sponsors. Binge Mode Star Wars. It's presented by State Farm. You know those days when it feels like problems just pop out of nowhere? Ooh, sure do. But helpful folks at State Farm do too. Like a fender bender when you're already late. Or a thief breaking into your home and making off with your new flat screen TV. No! Luckily, 
There are more than 19,000 agents who are there for you. Because when it comes to auto and home insurance, State Farm agents are ready to help. Find an agent today at statefarm.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. The new action-adventure game from Respawn Entertainment, coming November 15th. Jedi Fallen Order is the Star Wars game that you've been waiting for. Taking place between Star Wars Revenge of the Sith and Star Wars A New Hope, you can play as Cal Kestis, a Jedi Padawan turned fugitive. After narrowly escaping Order 66 and the Jedi Purge, you're on a quest to rebuild the Jedi Order. Wield a lightsaber, hone iconic force powers, and complete your training to become a powerful Jedi, all while staying one step ahead of the Empire. Become a Jedi on November 15th in Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Available on Xbox, PS4, and PC. Rated T for Teen. And now back to binge mode. Next, number five, Corey Lind asks, what is your favorite lightsaber fight ever? We went top five, so let's go. Let's, yeah, of course. Let's trade again. <laughs> number one for this. Listen. We have the same one. Sue us, folks. It's Luke and Vader and Empire Strikes I think it's Back. this incredibly dramatic, super well shot, and really pulse-poundingly suspenseful the whole time leading up to that yes. incredible reveal. I love it. It has everything. It has everything you want. In some ways, it is the most important sequence in the entire saga, and thus you could argue in pop culture history. I mean, I think it's at least make the argument. I think it's legitimately the plot twist, the number one plot twist in pop culture. Yes. The reveal. The emotional resonance of the moment, the holy shit nature of it, like you said, the suspense, the way the pursuit is unfolding, the actual physicality of it, Luke's injury, the despair, the kind of, oh, I always knew this, but I also can't believe what I'm hearing, anguish. It's so well paced, too, because there's that moment where Vader thinks that he's got him into the carbonite chamber, but then he's leapt up using Mm -hmm. his uh, force abilities. He's leapt up and he's on the cables and then Vader's like, oh, impressive. This is the other thing about it, actually. Glad you said that. Crucially, this is a difference with another item that we have coming up soon on our list. Luke has not completed his training yet. And so two things are true. One, when he does something impressive, it's surprising in a way that makes you realize how advanced and gifted he's, he's he is. He's just instinctively yes. good. What his natural right. ability is. But two, he's also not ready for it at all in right. any respect, physically, mentally, emotionally. And that's no shot. That's where he is in his development and in his arc. He chose to leave Dagobah knowing, you know, ignoring the council that he wasn't ready, that it wasn't time. It was the right move. Of course it was. But that makes it so compelling too. that aspect of a hero. Yeah on the hero's journey, rushing into something that he isn't ready for, but knows he can't avoid. That's just, that dramatic tension is so, so it's It's amazing. And when he singes, you know, when when it builds to that climax and he singes Vader's arm on the platform, there's that, like, it catches your breath in your chest. Just like, oh my God, is he going to win? Even though I've seen it a million times, I'm like, oh my God, like, he's so close to maybe winning this fight even though he's outclassed the whole time one other thing i love about it star wars is so often defined by vastness 
scope, how yeah. many people and how many things are in the mix at any given moment in time. And this is one of the rare sequences where everything is distilled down to two people yeah. and one idea. And you feel that. You feel the way the darkness is pressing in on them, literally and metaphorically, is so symbolically resonant. It's that, great. And it's also that moment, it's the last. We can't talk about it enough. It's the last moment before you find out that Darth Vader is Luke's father. So there's this. It's impossible. So there's this perspective shift where originally, you know, like as the fight is unfolding, you're like, I just want him. He's got to win. I want him to win. I want him to like to end this. But then when you get that reveal, you suddenly realize that you don't understand the story at all. Correct. Correct. You're completely right. It widens the scope of what is possible in a huge way. Also, just in terms of the physicality of it, think about the end of New Hope where, (laughs) you know, it's a great moment in the movie, but ultimately in terms of a lightsaber fight, old Vader and old Ben Kenobi delicately poking at each other. It's like looking at like, it's like watching George Mike in highlights. (laughs) Just like, like one-handed post-ups that take forever pre-shot clock totally. it's like come on guys so then the, the contrast that this fight yeah. presents just the sheer force of it really something number two we have different ones what do you have I have Anakin and Obi-Wan on Mustafar it's a great in Revenge it's of the an Sith. absolutely great fight I love everything about it we just talked about this at length so I'll it's try I'll fight. try to keep this quick the effects of it yeah. the scope of it the scale of it it's the most important moment in the part of the arc that I'm most drawn to. How did Anakin become Vader? I love, we didn't, this is one regret I have from the Revenge of the Sith pod. We didn't talk enough about how good Ewan McGregor's performance is yeah. in the prequels. He's really one of the highlights of it. And he is really tremendous. It's so evenly matched. Everything about it is perfect. The lines are great. And one of the things that people remember about the prequels is how often the dialogue fell short, but the lines are actually really poignant there. And then just in terms of its symbolic significance, you know, it's literally Anakin's Icarus moment. You know, he's surrounded by his son, this lava flow, and he flew too close to it and he fell into it and became Darth Vader. That's great. I love it. My number two is Luke versus Daddy once again in Return of the Jedi. I just love, mainly for everything that leads up to it with mm-hmm. the Emperor goading Luke to let go of his hate, yep. give in to the dark side, mocking him and the plight of his friends who, according to everything that he can see out those vast windows, are going to be wiped out soon enough. And just the torture on his face and then finally fighting with the person who we know is his father in that like desperate fight that's almost like a cat and mouse where he's like hides from him mm-hmm. for a little time for a short while like under the stairs while mm-hmm. Darth is like oh but what about your sister if you're not going to turn maybe we get her and then he just lets it loose and it's really cathartic and incredible and then for him to turn away at the last second and not strike Vader down right. is an amazing moment and I just love that fight even if it's not in terms of choreography, up to the level of some of the other ones on your list. What do you have? I have that one next. Yeah. I have Luke and Vader and Return of the Jedi. I'm still thinking about Anakin and Obi-Wan on Mustafar, though. It's a great fight. I just love it so much. The thing is that what Anakin wants is unnatural and wrong, and so to see him become something unnatural and wrong as he's pursuing it is just perfect. But number three, Luke and Vader and Return of the Jedi. Everything you just said, I agree with completely. The thing I 
admire most about that fight and that sequence from a storytelling perspective is that it is a love letter to restraint. Right. And, you know, we're, we're very critical of the Jedi. That's one of the moments in all of the movies where you best appreciate and understand what it really means. What being a Jedi really means. The control, the precision the commitment, the dedication. And it is absolutely devastating because the reason that Luke is in the position where he needs to exert such control and maintain those positions is because the choice before him is give in or stay strong, try to save his father, fight his father, lose his father. The things that are on the line are his own humanity, and his family. The stakes don't really get any higher than that. And I also like that aspect of it, that in a story that is so often about the grandest stakes, the fate of the galaxy, making it personal, shrinking it to you and the people in your life who matter, seeing Luke's heart open up and say, I know there can be good inside of you, is really tremendous. And then the thing that this lightsaber fight has that a lot of the other ones don't is the observer. You know, the, the variable that... Palpatine just what brings just, just sitting there. It completely changes getting the dynamic. rocked up and watching this fight between his apprentice and maybe his next apprentice. It's incredible. It's a win win for him as far as he's concerned. I just think that what Luke has to juggle there, what he has to balance, yeah, preserve his own life, keep his father safe is really incredible. What's next for you? Number three, Ray and Kylo in the throne room versus yeah, this Snoke's is my guards. number four. Um, Love it. I just think visually the most, for me, visually the most engaging and rich lightsaber fight in the series. When it unfolded on the screen, I was like, yo, this is fucking amazing. Like when one of the guards like whips his laser nunchuck around Mm -hmm. uh, Ray's lightsaber and she ends up flinging it against the tapestries, which then begin burning. And now everything's burning as they're fighting. I was just like, this is like the raid, but Jedi, and I <laughs> freaking love it. Yeah. I just think it's amazing. And plus, like, everything, it makes the eventual seeming schism between those two at the end of that fight even more desperate because you're like, oh, my God, these two together. I know. That's the thing for me. You know, like, imagine yeah. what they could do if they would just team up and not be evil. <laughs> I I agree with you completely. That's next on my list. That's yeah. my number four for, again, all the reasons you said visually stunning, the sounds, the colors, the shine, the way everything gleams. There's a lot of stuff online about how if you choose to pick this fight scene apart, it falls apart pretty quickly. There are a lot of moments where I've seen that. I don't care. I don't Guards are just standing there not attacking Kylo for some reason, but I don't care. I don't care about that either. That is just like, listen, that's every fight scene in every action movie also, Whether it's a Hong Kong action movie, a Western action movie, it doesn't matter. That's Star everyone. Wars, which yes. means that we as a collective viewing public have for decades accepted the premise that stormtrooper shots will literally never, never once hit never our once heroes, hit. but our hero shots will always hit and kill them immediately, yes. even though they're in full head-to-toe armor. Yeah. So the Ray drop, you know, we think of it now as the Arya <laughs> cat spot dagger move, but Ray originated that tossing the lightsaber to Kylo the way he punches so cool. it through the eye. Those moments are just incredible. And like you said, seeing them operate in harmony together just makes it absolutely shredding. It's brutal. When they can't come together, just Absolutely brutal. Later. My fourth one, yes. Anakin versus Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. 
Revenge of the Sith Love for it. all the for all the reasons you said. Love it. It's incredible. It's so evenly matched. I think you could argue the most evenly matched one v one lightsaber duel that we see. I mean, they they pull out every trick and it goes on for a long time. Oh, yeah. It's like they are using lightsabers against each other. They use the force against each mm-hmm. other. They repel each that great moment where they kick each other. They kick. It's just a desperate, desperate yeah. fight that is fueled by this wealth of feeling that they have for each other. You know, they're like brothers. That's, Obi-Wan even says it. You want my brother? Such a good point because there's a part of your brain when you're watching it that thinks, okay, I've seen Dooku dispense with Obi-Wan in four seconds, right. twice. How is he holding his own with Anakin? A prodigious talent, but it's that. It's yeah. exactly that. Teacher and student, master they and patty, know they each know other. each other better than anyone. That's right. That extra poignancy. All right. What about you? Fifth Number and five. final. I think we have the same one. Same ones. We can just talk about it. Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul in Phantom Menace. I think, you know, the best moment of that movie. The best moment of the movie isn't, are you an angel? Are you an angel? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like leading up to that. It's a great fight. It is. Truly shocking moment when Qui-Gon gets got. Yes. And visually incredible to look at. The score. We haven't talked enough about the score. And Music in the prequels is legitimately elite. It's it, it's great. just exceptional. Yeah. The work that John Williams is doing, the sound effects in general in that sequence, we're splicing what's happening in that fight with Anakin's button pushing pursuit of the entire <laughs> Droid Federation army and Padme's jaunt <laughs> through the halls. But every time you go back to that fight itself, you're just so fully pulled in. Mm-hmm. And the moment when Obi-Wan has to stand and watch, you know, patience. We hear it all the time from the Jedi, but we don't actually often see them practice it. And there's something about seeing Obi-Wan forced to sit and watch when we know that he just wants to act and he isn't able to. A force outside of his control prevented it. That's just really painful. It's also like one of the really one of the best moments of showing not telling is that moment that you're talking about because the way Maul paces like a caged tiger. He can't wait to get this, Mm -hmm. to get it on again. Like he's just ready to go. Well, and that of course is the other thing is that Darth Maul is barely in this movie despite so much of the marketing centering on him. And so it was really thrilling to actually get to see him in action, his big crescendo before he got sliced in half and then had to escape in a trash truck. His last moments with his peen. Uh, (laughs) Number six. Uh, Jackie, since there's apparently no independent media in the galaxy, who'd make a more intrepid gatherer and distributor of information in the Star Wars universe? Master of Whispers, Varys. Incredible. Our network's favorite reporter, Rita Skeeter. I I have the same answer. It's very easy to me. It's Rita. It's Rita. Listen, Varys is a spy. He's not out there to- uh, He needs his little birds. He needs his little birds. And if you're going to find out about his information, you're going to need to file like a freedom of information <laughs> because he it, his stuff is state- Does Star Wars have FOIA? Varys's stuff is state secrets. Rita is going to publish. She's going to print. Rita? There's a book coming out. Oh. Oh. The life and lies of, of, of Chief Palpatine. Palpatine. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did I just <laughs> did I just smash the, the button to buy this before Pre-ordered. it comes out? Absolutely. I want the hardback and the Kindle. Both. Rita was created yes. to cover Chief Palpatine's 100%. regime. End of story. I can't wait for End like of story. Just like the the what is Sheev doing on Naboo? <laughs> 
chapter. I can't wait. I would. I am curious how her animagus form would function in space. Mm. Like how far and high can the beetle fly? I think she can just get in the emperor's shuttle, you know, and just like hang yeah. out in the shuttle. Yeah. And just be listening as he's like on holocalls with Vader and a- anybody else and just sitting there like watching him. <laughs> I love it. Next, number seven. Justin Michelson asks, if you were a Jedi or a Sith and could choose anyone in the Star Wars universe to be your apprentice, who would it be? Also, who would you like to be your master? I don't consider myself ready to be a Jedi master. (laughs) It just feels weird to be like, who would be my apprentice? I'm looking, if anything, for just like a hangout some hangout friends mm-hmm. in space. I'm not looking to be like, hey, I'm your master. Let's, I'm going to train you, mm-hmm. stack these rocks yeah. and, and pull my X-wing out of the swamp. Like, I think that's you've not made my... that clear. Yeah. That being said. You just want to hang on I'm first just, light. I'm not looking to like, yeah, I'm not. I think if I was going to have a master, <laughs> probably Ahsoka, like, but, but mm-hmm. older Ahsoka, mm-hmm. Rebels Ahsoka. But you don't worry that. She's learned from the best. She's learned from the best. Her, her skill is not in question. Do you worry? You're a young Padawan, okay? 100%. You need guidance. I do. You need leadership. Do you worry that at a certain point, Ahsoka has become so disenchanted with the Jedi Order that she but has that, left? I, or that, do you I, think I, that I consider that a plus. Helpful? I consider okay. that a plus. Listen, I want to learn the ways of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, don't give me one of these people who really buy it. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like Qui Gon yeah. Jinn would be good too. Qui Gon, because I want to. I want to know the real. Like, give me the real shit. Yeah. Don't give me like the propaganda. You, I want to know what you really think. You want that injection of skepticism. A hundred percent. What about you? Wait, who's your apprentice? You just refuse just, to pick I, one. I'm not. I'm not ready to to, okay. to pick an apprentice. All right. I'm slightly alarmed by that. But okay. it's like, who am I going to teach? What am I going to teach about? I'm not ready to teach it. Padawan? You it as the Star Wars equivalent of every time you do an AMA on Instagram stories and you're like, here's how to blog. It's no different. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I guess, okay, so I, I Gunji the Wookiee Padawan. He's Perfect. so cute. Perfect. And he's going to live for like hundreds of years. <laughs> I love it. My apprentice will be Ray. Okay. Because, of course, I value skill and ability. It's very helpful to coach talent. she And she's got it in space. And she's got it. She's got it. But let me tell you something. You know what I love even more than lots of shiny lines on a resume? Sure. Passion. That's right. It's the intangibles. She wants it, folks. She's got the metrics and the intangibles. The measurables and the intangibles. That's how you become <laughs> a top 10 draft pick. Okay? <laughs> she just wants it. Killed it on the field, but also in the interview. There's no, her teammates and friends, roommates didn't come to her party, Bo Callahan thing here, okay? (laughs) I write with confidence, Ray, no matter what. Vontae Mack, no matter what. Ray, no matter what. Let's do it. (laughs) For my master, I'm torn between Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. Yeah, you're really torn with this. It's so torn. Well, and it, I'm, well, let me ask you, which Obi-Wan, which Obi-Wan uh, would you pick? Which uh, era of Obi-Wan? Well, I don't mean old Ben Kenobi. I'll tell you that. <laughs> dried up, dried ass Ben Kenobi. I want. Ashy ass ankles Ben Kenobi. <laughs> I want Revenge of the Sith, Obi-Wan. Oh, yeah, I want you do. him. 
Now I wonder. I do. Prime. I gotta say, I do wonder. General I, Kenobi. I'm a little concerned about the propriety of the teacher-student relationship in this particular case. It'll be fine. Okay. I'll behave, and at some point, <laughs> if our relationship evolves as we mature, if, then that's if, fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Obi Wan is, in some ways, the consummate Jedi. I agree. Skilled, staunch. Physically, of heart, stout. He supports you. He pushes you. Every now and then, you're going to be like, oh, you're not allowed to say that about droids, my guy. You know, going to go into, like, your uncle at Thanksgiving mode with some of the things he says. You walk him back. He cares. He's committed. And he loves. He loves. And I want that. I'd consider Qui-Gon, though, because of what you said, which is, show me what it's really about. I need someone who, who asks questions. Same. I do not want the company line. Yeah. I want to understand, like, what's the reality of this? Yeah. I'm surprised you didn't just say Darth Bane. <laughs> Number eight. <laughs> <laughs> Josh asks, in the mood of Marvel's What If and Star Wars Infinities, mm. what's the biggest What If alt-universe story you'd like to see or envision? Mine. What if Qui-Gon survived to train Anakin? Obi-Wan can live or not. Or if Annie had been born in the Republic and picked by the Jedi at birth. What do you got? I mean, there are so many. There are, so many. There are thousands. Let's limit ourselves to a handful. Sure. I, we have the same first one. What if Order 66 hadn't worked? Yeah. Either because of some sort of malfunction in the chip, in the DNA, or I think this is more interesting. What if the clones had overcome their programming, had had self-actualized and attained enough agency and free will to say, I don't want to do what you're telling me to do? I agree with the premise. I take a slight detour. Listen, Yoda and the council had all the information they needed Mm. to Mm -hmm. uncover Mm -hmm. Order 66 when CT5385, his chip fired early or whatever, and he uh, carried out 66 early and murdered Jedi General Tiplar. They should have realized then what was going on. Mm Mm-hmm. They certainly had enough information. They knew that the clones uh, were a Sith project in general. And what if they had just like followed through and mm-hmm. been like, wait, what is, should we be concerned about this? Like, what does this mean? Right. If they had followed through and figured that out and then somehow deactivated the chips, that could have swung everything, really. They had everything they needed. They had everything they needed to do that and they didn't. What's next for you? They were too busy looking at the the spice miners on the moons of Naboo. Fucking meditating. Next for me, indulge me for a moment. Oh, God. What if... (laughs) This is wild. Luke and Leia had acted on their urges, and instead of just kissing, had copulated. I like it. Had a baby. Sure. And then found out they were siblings. What if... So, like, what if the end of A New Hope is Luke and Leia fucking (laughs) and... Chewbacca peeking in through a window and Luke force throws him out of the window. (laughs) And he says the things I do for love? Yeah. I'm into it. (laughs) I mean, this is actually incredible. Like, it almost happened, people. Let's not pretend that it didn't almost happen. Your grace. (laughs) Luke wanted it. He was interested. (laughs) He freaking wanted it. So instead of Chewy for Bran, who's Tyrion listening as John and Danny or Luke and Leia fuck on the sex boat? <laughs> uh, wow, that's a great. I guess Obi Wan Kenobi. 
He's just like, oh no. Oh Master Yoda, it's gone wrong oh in ways that you cannot imagine. Oh <laughs> wow. Incredible. Oh man. Uh, What's next for you? A couple more? Yeah. What if Luke bought the pitch at the end of Empire? Oh no. And he and Darth overthrow the Emperor and ruled the galaxy. I mean, I think it's fascinating. Listen, you still have Leia out there. Obviously, the Rebel Alliance still going strong, <laughs> but it's fascinating to consider. Does Luke do that thinking, okay, we get the Emperor out of here and maybe I can pull him back mm-hmm. now without, the, without that malign influence of the Emperor? Interesting. It's a fascinating what if for me. I like that. Yeah. That's intriguing. Yeah. Wow. Jason's most intriguing. <laughs> I think we both have the same one next. What if Yoda hadn't I mean, gone to fight yeah. Palpy alone? Come on. And or hadn't fled, right? One version of that. What if he and Obi-Wan, instead of splitting up, had gone to face these challenges together, take on Palpatine together? Now, you could say, well, Dooku, again, he just hand-waved Obi-Wan each time he dueled him, even though it was multiple people against him. They're not going to be able to stop Palpatine. But you never know unless you try. That's my issue. Yoda— Or what if Yoda had just gone back, called him reinforcements? Go go back. I look at Yoda as, like, the captain of the ship— any abandoned ship? Any abandoned ship. You yeah. got to go down with the ship. Your Padawans have been wiped out. Your Jedis have been wiped out. There's the guy responsible. You're going to run away? He needed silence. I guess <laughs> he was watched. He was a fucking bum by that point. Very tough look for my guy, Yoda. My next one is, is kind of sad. Well, I guess it's happy, actually. But what if Shmi hadn't died? What if Anakin oh. had arrived in time to save her? Because... I don't want to say all of the choices he makes in Sith stem from his fear of losing Padme because interesting. They're, his fear of losing Padme is intertwined inextricably with his Faustian bargain and the, the thirst for power and that greed that ultimately drives him, the belief that he can be the best and that he thus needs to be. But Padme and the fear of losing her leads him there. And the thing that makes him so afraid of losing Padme is the fact that he lost his mother, the two people that he loved the most, these prophetic dreams, these parallels that he just can't ignore. What if he had arrived in time to save her? It's interesting. Would he have been like, I'm good. I got this, Padme. You'll be fine. It's interesting. I do wonder, now having kind of two points of leverage, you would have to imagine he'd take Shmi back to Coruscant and maybe— Palpatine now having two leverage points at close at hand that he could use against right. Anakin. Same then, result, it just takes longer and happens. Yeah, then in a just would have way. switched it up somehow. But yeah. it is interesting. Maybe, although maybe with his mother close at hand, that gives the Jedi time to uncover Palpatine. You know, mm-hmm. it's a, that is a good one. Um, next for me, what if Yoda and the Council hadn't suppressed the news that the clone army was a Sith creation? Hell yeah. Yoda was like, he finds out about it and he's like, well, we can't tell everybody because we're in the midst of a war and people would lose faith in the clone soldiers. Yeah, they would lose fucking faith in the clone soldiers. (laughs) But maybe this is a big deal and you should tell people about it. Right. Instead of just kind of blindly allowing these soldiers to continue fighting across the galaxy and not even telling the Jedi generals who are commanding these troops. I think that that was an absolutely glaring gaffe by Yoda. If there's, you know, like there's a lot of, I know I shit on him a lot, but it was, it's just really wild that he was like, actually forget it. The Sith made him, but let's not tell anybody. (laughs) That's really tough. 
It's brutal. <gasps> Yoda, transparency is important. Yeah. What are you doing? We need like the Mueller report for Yoda's regime. He's a good guy. He just is very old. <laughs> My final ones, two that are connected here. We can run with either one. What if Padme hadn't fallen in love with Anakin? That's a great one. Or well, so she had there were numerous. She, she was yeah. out there with with Clovis. Yeah, it was Clovis. There was Paolo. Paolo. There was like a lot of people. Or she had things progress the way that we come to know that they'll progress. And the Jedi are like, go with God, my dude. I mean, that is- You got that, yourself the love of a good woman. You know, you, we support you. That is one of the great what ifs. Yep. You have to, listen, whoever, I don't know who needs to hear this right now, but whoever rebuilds the Jedi Order <laughs> in the wake of all the things that have happened, all the death and destruction, I think you got to let the Jedi's fuck now. Yeah. You got to let them have relationships. Hopefully this that's is, a part of Rise of Skywalker. I think that that's, you're just driving people to the dark side with this don't be connected to anyone thing. It's just not realistic. I agree. Attachment is good. Yeah. Number nine, Mark Condea. If you could pick three force abilities to use in your everyday life, what would they be and why? I'm curious to know if you had the same experience that I had sure. when considering this question. I realized how many of these are horrifying in some way. Or would make me feel like a bad person if I used them. I found that the consideration set quickly shrinking. Also, you just start to think practically as a person, sadly relegated to a, a human existence here on planet Earth. Yeah. There's only so much I could do every day. And I am not going to play God. I'm not going to say I want to manipulate the midichlorians. I don't need to use like end of life powers throughout the course of my existence sure. every day. I only had a few that I really considered. You're out there like, I can't wait to force choke people. I changed it. I changed <laughs> force choke. I did have force choke and I changed it. <laughs> What's your first one? Force healing. Okay. I just think it's from a purely utilitarian perspective. Let's say I get the cold. I fall ill or I hurt oh, my arm or whatever. One. I should do this. Then I, I would love to be able to call on the force to heal myself. I just think it's something, you know, it's easy. Man, you know... Maybe I should do this one too. <laughs> Listen, I, I think I yes, you definitely should. All the time. You're over here grimacing because you had a neck problem. <laughs> I have I, so much pain all the time. Just like if you could just marshal Everything the hurts. force and heal yourself, it would change your life. This is a great one. I always say that I wish I had some of Madame Pomfrey's pepper up potion, but I guess this would this would kind of take care of it. All right, yeah. I guess I need to put this on my list. Yeah, it's a good one. It's solid. I'll boot off my number three, which I'll just tell you was force speed. My number three was force choke. <laughs> <laughs> force speed was appealing to me because I have so much shit to do every day. I have so much to get through. And I thought, if I speed up and the world slows down, interesting. how much more can I get through every day? How much more efficient can I be? That's appealing to me. But I feel like I got to put force healing on. So my next one is telekinesis. Basically, the Accio of yeah. Star Wars. It's just practical, handy, utilitarian in a way that I need when I'm thinking about everyday life manipulate objects, bring them to me, move them toward you, do whatever I need. That is mine as well. I have that on my list. Listen, I, I think we also saw how useful that was when Anakin was passing around sliced fruit. That's right. On Naboo. To you've your never point, tasted a pear until you've... Had someone <laughs> drifted over to you uh, using the force push. I think, yeah, force push, force pull, being able to grab stuff and get my laptop from off the desk and just like put my hand out and grab it or, or push a lever. I think it's incredibly useful and I 100% agree with Here's you. Here's a challenge that I face often. Sure. I have a cat who I love. Yeah. Halo. My best friend in the world. 
if he settles into my lap, mm. it's such a special, precious thing to me. I don't want to disturb him. I don't want to get up. I don't want him to get up. Right. But every now and then I'm like, I need a snack. I left my phone plugged yeah. in over Just there. throw the hand out. I need the remote for the receiver. This would be handy. Next one for me is the mind trick. It's, that's my final one as well. Well, I always feel great about doing it now. But sometimes it's necessary. <laughs> it, it would be rarely used, it's, but it's, very useful at times. It's nice to have the option. It's great to have the option to mind trick somebody. It's nice to have the option. Also, so many subset force powers fall under the mind trick umbrella. Force yeah. persuasion, force yeah. illusion, force projection. I don't have time. I don't have time. To show up to a meeting. Yeah. I force project myself across there. the galaxy like Luke. Amazing. Cross-legged. You need to floating you need to be, above the crate. Floating above the ground, sweating with exertion. It's a great one. Next, number 10. Joe Gamboa. This is like quietly my maybe my favorite question we've ever got. <laughs> it just made me laugh so hard. Since Revenge of the Sith is rated PG-13, where would you place the one F word allowed in the film and who gets to say it? What did you have for this? I'm going to pull a Ruben. Okay. And I'm going to amend the rules of the question. Okay. You want In the entire canon, I would put it in Empire. I would have Darth Vader say, I am your fucking father. <laughs> wow. That, that definitely puts a cap on how often people could reference the line moving forward. And then I think for Revenge of the Sith, I would have Obi-Wan, I think, didn't state it strong enough. Mm-hmm. Don't try it. I have the fucking high ground. <laughs> yeah, that would be really good. <laughs> that has like you come at the king. You best not miss. I mean, I think he really needed impact. to state that a little bit stronger. My pick for Revenge of the Sith is. <laughs> I have to say, I thought of this immediately. Fuck me. <laughs> like you did by the lake on Naboo. <laughs> it's gotta be that. Come on. We all know what she's talking about. Do, she just yeah, needs do. to say it. And then my runner up is, is it possible to learn to fuck? Not wouldn't it be, from a Jedi. Wouldn't it be to learn this fucking power? <laughs> Well, I don't want it to be open to interpretation, oh, okay. whether just he's just emphasizing like power it. or talking about fucking. Great stuff. Next. 11, Mike Tank. If Logan Roy is Darth Sidious. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck off. Fuck off. Fuck off. God damn it. <laughs> that many consider to be unnatural. It's unnatural. Fuck, Fuck off. off. <laughs> Which of the Roy kids are comps for Sidious's three apprentices? Maul. Dooku, episode three. Incredible. Vader. I think we have basically the same. We should just say, in the wider story, he has more... Yes. Apprentices than yes. just those three, but we'll, we'll use those three for this exercise. Okay, let's start with Maul. <laughs> it's gotta be Shiv. It's Shiv. He, you know, buys into Sidious's word a little bit more sincerely than everyone else, and then when the backstab comes is shattered in a, in a way that That's is right. uh, really irreplicable. Cast aside with basically out of second thought. Yeah. Here's where I really think the connection comes into play. Again, the hype around Maul heading into the movie and then what we got. So the, both Five-star red, redheads. Redheads. Amazing. <laughs> Top 10 draft pick who never quite lives up to the hype. Yeah, I love it. You expect so much from Shiv. Yeah. Every episode, so much. And then you're always just slightly, and I love the character, I love the performance, but you're always just like, oh, 
he didn't really go for it. Yeah, he didn't, he really didn't go, go for it. the jugular. Dooku. We <laughs> also have the same easy. one here. It's easy. Connor. It's absolutely Connor. Rich both kids. Rich, rich kids. Kid. Both yeah. rich kids. <laughs> <laughs> the Dooku heads. Spins, spins recklessly. <laughs> Master, the Dooku heads are already talking about it on the hollow net. <laughs> The Dooku heads can't get enough of my address on Raxus. <laughs> I will not pay taxes to the Republic any longer. Dooku out. Connor definitely is the one to pick the solar sailor. Absolutely. Just like Dooku. Master, I've just acquired <laughs> the dried penis of Darth Bane. <laughs> Oh my God, incredible. Also the moment, spoiler here for the season two succession finale, but the moment when they're going around the table and everyone is performatively saying, it can be me, you know, I'm willing to be the martyr. And when Connor offers himself up and Logan's like, it's okay, son, we're good. Yeah. The look on Connor's face then is the exact same expression that Dooku has when Palpatine tells Anakin to kill him. Yeah. Anakin. So we, interestingly, we went in different directions here just in terms of the age. So the question says episode three, Vader. You wanted to do boy Anakin. And then I used two Anakins because I wanted to get the other kids in. So I did episode three, Anakin, before the turn. Mm -hmm. And then I added episodes four through six, Vader, to account for the next child. So for me, episode three, Anakin has to be Roman. Has all the ability, but just can't quite figure it out. (laughs) Gets in his own way a little too often. Some issues in the bedroom (laughs) that clearly inhibit him when it comes time to putting it all together. Like, would it surprise you at all to learn that Anakin had masturbated against his office window and or, again, spoiler, was routinely, routinely jacking off in Jerry's bathroom? It would not surprise you to learn that. Or they had like light necrophilia fantasies. You're meant to be dead. We basically have the same thing. Yes. But I went episode one, Anakin. For Roman. For Roman. Okay. Because like, are you an angel is basically something that Roman might say, but in a completely cynical way. Absolutely. And the Roman come up late, and this is kind of a spoiler, late in season two where Roman kind of gets his shit together and is all of a sudden kind of good at his job, mm-hmm. I think is still, it's still too small a sample to apply to Roman uh, as a whole, the entire character. So he is like a grown boy, mm-hmm. like a little boy in a man's body, and that's why I have to go young Anakin. Do you think that young Anakin has read The Electric Circus? <laughs> It's a story. It takes place in two time periods. <laughs> and it's like, you know, the so modern good. life and the. We both had Vader proper as Kendall. Absolutely. It makes a lot of sense. The chosen one. In fact, tortured, tormented. In fact, there's there's numerous shots in season two of Succession that, at least to my eye, harken back to, you know, Vader looking out of the windows mm-hmm. of his Star Destroyer, those kind of moments this kind of like ultimate henchman figure who will do his master's bidding. Mm -hmm. I guess there was a case to make Kendall Maul, just given what you've said about how Maul has to take a shit and Kendall (laughs) literally shitting the bed. Next, number 12. Tamo Yi says, love your work, guys. Hey, thanks. 
If you could give truth serum to anyone, dead or alive, related to the Star Wars, and ask them one question that they had to answer truthfully, who would you ask, and what would you ask them? Uh-huh. Could be an actor, executive, a Star Wars character, etc. Thanks. Oh, a Star Wars character is interesting. I hadn't really been thinking about it that way. Hmm. I have an answer that I feel kind of bad about. But I'm going to say it because it's a safe space. Okay. And then we'll assess together whether it's appropriate or whether I need a new this one. This is a brutal one. Okay. This is rough. <laughs> it's a little macabre. More than a little. <laughs> I don't want to make anyone feel bad. I'm just acknowledging that this is one of the mythbuster debates and, and questions in all of culture. Can we finally get confirmation on whether the Wampa attack was written into Empire Strikes Back because Mark Hamill's face had changed between films because of his real-life car accident? It must have been. But every report conflicts. Every report conflicts. Carrie Fisher has said on the record that that's why. Lucas, some sources say that he acknowledged it, but then most others say that he has denied it. Mm. There are quotes of him saying that that's not true. That's a good one. You have various people, all of these conflicting reports. So who would you ask? I would ask Mark Hamill. And you'd give him the the truth. truth. You'd give him the truth serum. I like it. I mean, it's a great Well, is one. it too mean to ask I, him? I would wouldn't we ask, have to ask Mark. George, I think you'd, George ask, Lucas? you'd have to ask George. You can't ask Mark. All right, let's it. ask George Lucas. <laughs> What's yours? I considered giving George the truth serum mm-hmm. and asking him, did anybody really fucking hate the droids? <laughs> you just like reached straight up. You were just pissed, right? When you said that, right? They hated him. <laughs> he claims that, but I don't believe it. But- I'm going to fast forward. I would love, 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 love to give truth serum to Kathleen Kennedy. Oh, man. Great one. Head of Lucasfilm. Yeah. And just ask a number of questions (laughs) about... You get one. (sighs) You get one. I'd have to find something more general. I guess I would just say where we're ending up in episode nine, was that always the plan? Because, you know, like, as we have talked about, I think that... Force Awakens alludes to raise parentage in a different way than mm-hmm. The Last Jedi mm-hmm. reveals it, which is to say that her parents were no one, which I think, and I mm-hmm. think you agree, it was an absolutely brilliant, brilliant and really interesting could, twist. By the way, could still not be the case. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I would just like to ask her right. how much of this is like calling audibles mm-hmm. in the moment. Great one. And how much of this was planned out? Like, say what you want about the prequels. Mm -hmm. They're shit. The dialogue sucks. Jar Jar is crap. (laughs) They're they're, uh, racist characters as aliens, whatever, blah, 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 blah. There was an absolute roadmap and an idea and a through line throughout those films. Mm -hmm. It knew where it was going. Yes. Does this trilogy know where it's going and has it always known? I would love to know that. That's a great one. I'm going to call a quick audible on my sure. question and say that I'm going to pick Benioff and Weiss. Hello. And I'm going to ask them <laughs> why. See, two doses. Two, yeah. Why? What happened? Why they really left? Just and then sure. I'm going to I'm going to just tack on real quick at the end. Um, how did Danny forget about the Iron Fleet? How did, <laughs> how did Danny kind of forget about the Iron There's Fleet? There's a lot going on. Next. <laughs> All right. Number 13. Christina Keep asks, in light of the disaster showing by the poor Jedi in Revenge of the Sith, who would you say is the dollish of the Star Wars universe? A refresher on dollish. Right. Do- poor, poor dollish. Just dunked on savagely time and time again throughout Harry Potter. Consistently murked by 
everyone. Couple very quick highlights. Dumbledore and Order of the Phoenix. Don't be silly, Dollish. If you attempt to err, bring me in by force, I will have to hurt you. Which, of course, he then did. Dumbledore and Prince, it wasn't kind. I've already been forced to jinx Dollish once. I did it again with the greatest regret, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Tons of examples. I feel like the answer here, and I don't feel good about saying it. Okay. I feel like the answer is Mace Windu. I disagree. Let me explain why. Okay. Let me make the case. Dolish is an Auror in the Ministry of Magic, which means he is incredibly advanced. Incredibly advanced. He is actually expert at all of the things that you need to be an Auror. The best of the best. The cream of the crop. But when it came down to it, time and time again, he let us down. Because Mace Windu is, is an expert swordsman, as you've said time and time again, but we don't always see it when it counts. I, I think I understand. Tough so, decisions. So this answer, in a sense, is kind of like the argument that even the worst guy in the NBA would absolutely drop 50 on you if you had them like in a run at a gym somewhere, like at LA Fitness or whatever. Like even the worst guy in the NBA is the best you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And therefore... Dollish, who is really good. It's just like, I mean, if you look at it, it, yeah, it's like he kept going up against freaking the best wizard in the game. Well, of but course also, he was going to lose. And Dirk Cresswell beat him and Gran beat him. At a certain point, as JKR has said, there was a compounding effect where he just kept. Right. He losing. needed concussion. He needed concussion protocol again after the first. Exactly. Thing. And yeah. so I think Mace, as exceptional. <sighs> As he was, as a Jedi and as a Jedi Council member and a leader and a it's thinker, very tough. he started to lose his edge. I guess my my only retort would be like, he only really gets his ass kicked the one time. But it's not just about the, the physical confrontation. It's about decision making. Going up against Dumbledore is a bad decision. I, I agree. And so Dollish is failing fundamentally. Well, in that case, I, again, and Mace I Mace went to-, to take on Palpatine and told Anakin, I refuse your help. Well, I think that that was smart to tell Anakin to stay home. Okay, what about, I, we we will not grant you the rank of master. That yeah. was on Mace. That was on Mace. I think, listen, Yoda was calling shots too. It's hard to separate those two. But who is the master and who is the apprentice? That was a rough moment. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a better nominee no, for I don't. the Dollish I, I don't. My idea was to just say Dollish to just paint all stormtroopers with the Dollish brush. Oh, that's great. These that's guys, great. These guys are fucking awful. This is a great one. <laughs> they can't, literally cannot shoot. You've convinced me. Shoot it. Will you guys hit something? Hitting their, Once. Well, they're hitting their heads. I know. They're hitting their heads on well, railings. I mean, that was banisters yeah, genetically on. coded into their <laughs> clumsiness coded into the tree. That's a great one, though, because Dollish, as an Aurora, you think he should be fearsome, but then he fails. The stormtroopers, you see them. They're so they look intimidating. Look oh, my God. They're very good we, at shooting down innocent villagers. How are we possibly going to win? And then it's just one blaster shot and you're done. Yeah. That's a better pick. Let's go with that. Number 14. Megan Maruko says, fill in the blank with someone from the prequels. Blank, come on desktop. Oh, wow. This let's, is great. Let's open this beyond prequels. Let's uh, make it anyone. Job of the Hutt, come on desktop. Like, oh, wow. I want to know, like, let's. I think Zero of the Hutt would be better on desktop. I know, but like, here's the thing. Everybody loves Han and it's got to piss Jabba off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just give me, give me the, now not the spice drug. Give me the spice on Han Solo. How did this guy, like, what happened? This guy burned you has been evading you throughout the galaxy, is beloved now across the galaxy as a fucking general, and you're out here being like, this guy owes me some scratch. 
hey, like, you've got a paying job now. What's up? I want to know. Give me the dirt on Han Solo. I love this. If you want Spice though, shouldn't you be going for someone from the Pike Syndicate? I mean, like, that's a little too hardcore for me. <laughs> that's hardcore Spice. That's like the real Spice. Uh, K2SO would be great. Shit talker. Absolutely. It says whatever's on his mind, no filter. Absolutely. Yeah. K2SO unfiltered. That was one of my picks for who I would want to see on desktop with you. That would be great. I also want to see, I want to see Grand Admiral Thrawn. That would be cool. Come on desktop. What's his whole thing? To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Scouting reports. I want Thrawn scouting reports. Here's my final one. And this is a little outside of the box. Krennic. Hell yeah. This is a guy who has grievances. (laughs) (laughs) Orson Krennic, come on desktop and just talk your shit. Give us your side of it. Why, you know, why was it not your fault that Galen Erso was able to communicate with, (laughs) like, everyone? Why was it not your fault that a devastating flaw got built into the Death Star, the project you ran? I love it. Why is Darth Vader a jerk? Well. Why is Grand Moff Tarkin an asshole? Like, give, me, give, it, give me everything. I'd like to see Lando on desktop. Oh, that'd be great. The Calrissian Chronicles live? Jesus. <laughs> That's adult content. I know. I can't wait. Desktop after dark. All right. Yeah. 15th and finally. This one's for you. I'm clearing out. Alex G. Chinkowski asks, what would Fleur Delacour's reaction to meeting young Anakin Skywalker be? Young Annie. Oh my God. So we would assume now that Annie has said, are you an angel, Fleur? Absolutely. Yeah, he's, he's walked in. The names have come out of the Goblet of Fire. He's been chosen as the fourth champion. He walks in, he sees her, he asks, are you an angel? And she says, what? No, you silly little boy, I'm a Vila. <laughs> Who is this little boy? You see, it's just uh, uh, working with a screwdriver, fixing the uh, the smoke detector. You just have him doing this. Oh, he's a slave. Oh, little boy, you a slave? I'm so sorry to hear that. Oh, my God. Yes, that's fine. Fix my droid and and stop talking. You're just talking so much bullshit, you little boy. My God, he's so cute, though. He's such a cute little boy. You're going to let him drive this uh, pod racer to safe? (laughs) My God, what kind of planet is this? You're going to let the little boy drive this thing. Do you have a license, little boy? (laughs) I love it. Shmi, his mother, you just let him do this? What kind of planet is this? My God. Would she ask you about his umbilical cord like she did with Harry? <laughs> that was my favorite. <laughs> I can still see his umbilical cord. <laughs> oh, welcome back, Floor. We missed you. All right, friends. You have allowed this podcast to twist your mind. Until now, you've become the very thing you swore to destroy. Just like Isaac Lee and Zach Graham, our indispensable producer and researcher, We hope you had as much fun as we did today that you're as excited as we are to hop back into the speeder, continue to explore the galaxy, and that you'll join us again next time for our deep dive into Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Until then, remember, this is how binge mode dies. (laughs) With thunderous applause. Anakin, is that you? You've grown. Oh my God, yes. And I can see you're excited to see me, huh? 
God, the robes really showing all of it, I see. Listen, don't get any ideas, young man. Yes, you've uh, grown, uh, you've grown bigger, it's true. But I remember you when you had, you know, your placenta fluid still dripping down your neck. And I know how you d Jedi do. You don't even let them masturbate. I don't have time for this. Obi-Wan, send your Padawan away. Maybe we can talk.